Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. This is episode 301. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And we thought we talked about this in Sunday's show, all the weird and wacky places that we, we recorded shows in the past. We thought, let's go old school and record this in the car because it feels like there's going to be a new beginning at the White Cap, so let's go back to our our beginnings. Yeah, our basics. Yeah, yeah. Back, to, back basics. to basics. That's what it's going to be for the White Caps, because, yep, Carol Robinson has gone. Shocking. I, I was I was so surprised, cause, not because I didn't think he was going to get fired at the end of the year, but I didn't think the White Caps were going to pay, out, pay him out or whatever, and I thought they were going to... Keep it going till the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it on Sunday's show. We we posed the question: Do we think that that they will pull the trigger once the playoffs are out of the way? They've done it while the playoffs are, are still, still very them, much yeah. on the on the table, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have found surprising, in particular, especially out with Vancouver. Like a lot of North American pundits are like, "Why would you do this now when you're just four points back of the the playoff chase?" Yeah. Is it that they've written off the playoffs? And the message on Tuesday at training was very much the opposite. It's like, no, we still think that we can get the playoffs and we feel that this might help us do it by by, by having a change. So we'll delve into all this. Just first off, let, let's just talk about Carl Robinson. Yeah. Appointed to the, the club December 2013. This was his fifth season in charge. And despite what you might have thought, of his playing style, of his teams, and various criticisms that he's had this year. He certainly does leave a legacy with this club, Steve. Oh, uh, yeah, that's for sure. He brought the team up. And when I said, I think I, I sent a tweet similar to that, that he brought the club to a new level. Um, and somebody said, well, they were at the bottom anyways. How, how far more can they go? They had to rise. But I do think that he made a difference. He brought in players. Uh, remember, he, he before... Before he signed on as coach, he found out that he was going to have a star striker from the year before. That uh, he, Camille had left to Mexico, so he was already behind the gun there, and so it was almost like a starting from scratch for him. And he was able to bring in players uh, that made a difference and got them to new heights. They won silverware, uh, obviously not the MLS ones, but they won other ones. They brought in first Voyagers Cup. So overall, I do think he did uh, leave a mark here for sure. Well, I mean, that's the thing. 
his legacy here is on a, a number of different levels. Right now, he is the coach that's achieved the most points for the Whitecaps in a season. The most wins for the Whitecaps in a season. In MLS era, you're talking about? Or? In MLS yeah. era, yeah. Um, the, he's made the playoffs three of the four full seasons he had in charge. Yeah. Might have been three out of five, might have been four out of five. We, we'll never know now. He won the Voyagers Cup, the Whitecaps' first, first ever, ever yeah. Voyagers Cup. He took us to the semi-finals of the CONCACAF Champions League. He played young guys. He brought through young guys. He maybe didn't integrate them the way that we had hoped or brought some of these players on again the way that we had hoped, but he did have a young team and he wasn't afraid to put young players into the mix. And he does leave a legacy here and it would be a shame if people are just clouded really by how... How it ended because yeah, exactly. it wasn't a good season. And if no. you if you look at his record, regular season record of sixty four wins, fifty nine defeats, and forty two draws. Overall record in all competitions: seventy eight wins, seventy one losses, and fifty draws. So just above the fifty percent mark. So not spectacular, but at the same time not poor as well. I feel it was the right. Time for him to go, though. I mean, five years in charge of a club's a long time for anyone. Any any league, any coach. Yeah. Like it's, it's rare that nowadays it goes five more than five years. And it, it was feeling a bit stale. Yeah. And this was the right decision by the club. Yeah, and I do agree. Like I, I think they, I think they do need a new voice. Um, and obviously, a, uh, it's going to be a revamping of more players as well. There's going to be quite a few changes now, especially with them gone. Um, I think that I do agree with you that I think he he brought the team. He brought the team out of the doldrums that were didn't seem those first two or three years. I know they made the playoffs one year, but there wasn't really anything to look forward to. Like it was, there was no identity. He did establish a kind of identity. I don't think he was able to fulfill it because uh, say what you will about you know misspending of funds like for guys like Juarez and Felipe or whoever you want. He still didn't have the full support, and there wasn't enough uh, top end talent to get him. Uh, to help him establish an identity. Yeah, and I think that that is one of my big criticisms of him, is so many times in recent months, years even, people have been saying, what is the identity of this team? And we don't really know. He seemed at times too set in his ways with a 4-2-3-1. We then kind of wanted him to bring new ideas. He did that this year, and it wasn't a great season. So... Maybe he was right with his four two three. No, but the four two three one wasn't working either. It, that 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 had been be, like you said, become stale, and it just wasn't. Whether it was not the right people in the right spots or whatever you want to say. Like for example, uh, I'll, I'll use an example of a, a, a Jordi Reyna. Is Jordi Reyna really supposed to be in the middle of that three? Of you know four two three one did he ha- did he have any backup in that spot? So it, it's interesting to say like, and he he was never you know big enamored with the formation that's what he told us that he was never like oh this is the formation I'm going to stick to it and everything like that so yeah but you're it's just it just was too stale at this point and they need a new voice yeah and if you look at some criticisms that that you can put against the team this year we've talked about it a lot it's the amount of money that's left sitting on the bench was the money spent wisely defensive woes defensive woes all these players were brought in by Kyle Robinson. Yeah. And I know folk will think that Bobby Leonarduzzi was throwing the management team under the bus when he said on Tuesday that 
all these player decisions are down to, to the manager, but they are. Yeah. But at the same time, once he puts these players on the pitch, he can't score the goals for them. No. He can't keep the ball out the net. The players have to take a massive responsibility in this. And I know on Sunday, and we fa- forgot to actually talk about this on Sunday's show, but after the match, we played the audio and Robo took full responsibility. He said it a couple of times, it's my responsibility for the loss. It's as if he kind of felt that the end was coming. Yeah. We talked about he sounded a bit deflated, a little bit defeated. Now, uh, okay, let's get to the point of why it happened so soon. Now, a lot of people have pointed to the fact that the season ticket drive was ending that day. And I, I, I don't think, I don't know how that makes a big difference within 12 hours. I don't think you get a big push. You'll get for that. some. Yeah, I'll get yeah. some, but it's not, it's not worth it. Right? A lot of people are saying because San Jose short interest in Mark. Uh, DeSantos. Now, they've also got three or four other coaches on their uh, list too. So it's not like he's their number one person. Yeah. Or, and uh, I mean, they seem really high in the Stanford guy. Yeah. and the, Or um, what I think was is that they did look, the, he did sound defeated or deflated or whatever you want to say. And maybe the the management wanted to get into the playoffs, but he didn't feel like, they didn't feel like that the, the, the way he was they reacted at at the post game press conference was going to get them there, and remember they left. I think he he made you guys wait like a yeah, good time too it was before he came. Half an hour because he was talking to the players. Yeah, was he ripping a, a shred off them or was they reflecting? Was he saying yeah. his goodbyes? Yeah. That's, that's the joke that I was making while we were waiting. And, and uh, it might have been true actually yeah. if you think of it. And I mean, talking about saying goodbyes, the club are going to let him come back and say goodbye to the players later this week. So yeah. that, that's a nice touch. Yeah. And one of the big things you can say about Robbo is he was a player's coach. The players do love him. Yeah. Could he have got more out of them in the in this five weeks? I mean, do, do you feel they have written the, the playoffs off, Steve? Or do you feel that they, they genuinely think that they can Who, make management? a push? Yeah. I, I think they, they probably... They, in in a way, if they had written off the if playoffs, I think they would have kept Robbo in there. Actually, if, if they had written it off, because I feel like they just want at that point they just let the season run. Firing him tells there have been coaches in the past. Example biggest examples are in the uh, in hockey in NHL where they fired the coach and they brought in a new coach and that team actually went on to win the cup. Um, it was happened only once or twice. I can't remember. I think once for sure, um, but. I think because they've made the the change, I think they actually want to go for the playoffs. It sounds weird to say that, but I think that's the truth. Well, the man tasked with, with trying to get them there now in these these next five weeks is Academy Technical Director Craig Dalrymple. Now, Craig has been involved with the, the Whitecaps since 2010. He had experience playing in England with Ipswich Town, he was in charge of the under-18s and he became academy director. He has so many coaching qualifications. He's got UEFA A, UEFA Pro, the French Elite. It's a it's a big resume that he brings academically. But it's a big ask to put it into, yeah. into practical form. He's never been in charge of like a senior men's group yeah. like this. I mean, his interest is in youth football. We've known him for a long, long time. What do, what do you think he's going to bring to this team? I, I don't know. Like the thing is, like you said, the um, a lot of these players are Robo guys. 
Uh, well, I, I would say at least half well, of them for Zach, sure. Zach seems to feel yeah, that they are. I think at least half of them are Robbo guys. So I don't know if he's be able to get the message through. I think he will probably bring something different. Maybe that invigorates people. But if they are going to do anything, I don't think Dalrymple will be able to do. I think it's going to be on the players if they're able to be professional enough to yeah, see the white caps through for the season. I, I think you're spot on there. And uh, I got a chance to, to speak to Craig at training on Wednesday. So let's just bring you that now and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what he said. So, Craig, obviously, we've known each other for a long time and seen you in the residency and technical director there. Is it a kind of bit of a surreal feeling now leading the first team? A little bit. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I should have, I should have um, uh, been more surprised, I guess. You know, it's, um, my ambitions are to serve the club and, 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 and uh, make sure we're as good as we can be. And I've always done that for the last 10 years. And um, wherever they call me into, I'm ready to go. So, um, you know, the circumstance is not ideal, as we all know, but um, I'm more than happy and honoured to take on the responsibility um, for the short term and, and maximise what we can get out of the group. And again, to train today was, it was, it was really upbeat and really happy with, the, with their response um, to, to a little bit of adversity they've gone through. So. I was going to ask you, because yesterday it was hard to really ask you what you thought the training session, because everyone was in a bit of shock, all the players-wise, but... Today would give you an indication as to how they how they're feeling, how they, what their mental state is like. Did you like what you saw out there? I did. I, I, I kind of put it back on their plate. Uh, we addressed the group beforehand. We introduced the, the, the lads, the coaches that would be working with them, and had a bit of fun with them, and, and give a bit of our background, and, and really asked them what's what what do they expect, what do they need, um, how can we add in the extra five ten percent that perhaps was missing over the last couple of months that will, that will provide more success and. We got some really good feedback, uh, and then we try to translate that onto the field today, and and, uh, uh, and and add some expertise where we could. So it was a, it was a good blend. It was them asking and wanting from us, and us delivering, and, and challenging them to go a bit beyond. So I think the it was it was a successful session. Now you're a really well qualified coach. For for folk that don't know, you've got your A license, you've got your French Elite license, and there's not many folk in the in the world that have that. Obviously, you're wanting to have like a higher coaching career than an academy coach is this are you seeing this as a great opportunity to test what you've learned so far in all your coaching yeah I, I am my, my certifications are too long um, I actually just finished my pro license through the English FA about two months ago so that add that one to the list but um, <laughs> you know I, I've always considered myself to be a youth developer um, uh, you know touching the first team and being around it for these this, this month and a half would be valuable to be in, in my current role um um, again, I've never really. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I've never really envisioned myself working with, at the first team level because I've spent 25 years coaching in the, in the youth department. Yeah. So it, now the door is open for me. Yeah, I walk through it. But um, my ambitions have never really been to work at the first team level. Um, but I'm generally excited that I'm here now. So, and you know, so many of these players, a lot of the young guys, and obviously a lot can happen in the next five weeks. Just now, the playoffs are, are the key thing. That's the focus of the group, but this is also feels like an ideal chance to maybe get some of these younger players' minutes, kind of blood them. Depending on how things go in the playoff race, is that something you'd be looking to maybe do? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, the reality is, though, our young players are away. And David Norman's in Scotland, as you know. Uh, Maya Bevan's down in, um, in Fresno. Simon Cohn's coming off an injury, so we hope he'll be back soon. Uh, Michael Baldissimo and, and Theo Bear aren't eligible at this point, even though they're, they're under contract. Um, so, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, I would love to get them involved, but it, it might be more challenging than, than I initially thought when I took on the role. Talking of challenges, what do you see as being the biggest challenge for you in these five weeks? Not to change too much, because you know we, the group wasn't far off where they needed to be. Um, and I don't want to come here and, and reinvent things that don't need to be reinvented. It's, it's, it's just adding a bit of value to, to areas that were deficient and not at, not at maximal level. So that's I'm trying to figure out what exactly that was. Um, again, I'm encouraging the players to speak up to me, which they are, and, and hopefully uh, we can get that right combination. And just a very last thing, it's the message to the players. It's obviously a new coach is going to be coming in for next year. It's the message to these guys, you're playing for your contracts as well as a playoff place because... It's up for grabs as to whether a lot of these guys are even going to be back next year. I think it's a good question. If I'm having to say that to them, then there's a problem because that should be innate in their job and their profession. Um, so to this point, I haven't had to say it and I hope that I don't have to. That's great. Thanks so much for your time and good luck with everything. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. So Craig Dalrymple there, and basically saying what you, what you said a, a little bit there off Steve, it is in the players' mindset now, because as he said there, if if the players need reminded what's at stake, and if they need reminded that they're playing for their contracts, that's not his job to do that, they no. should know, and if they don't know that and they're needing reminded, then they shouldn't be here. Exactly, and uh, they're... they're <laughs> We could talk about it the, the, if you want to now. There's a there's one certain player who I was not impressed with after, and I can understand his his being upset. Like Kendall Watson, let's talk yeah. Kendall Watson. He was very upset that Co- uh, Coach Robinson was fired, but some of his comments um, now. Some people said, "Oh, maybe it was lost in translation," but kind of seemed clear to me that well, he, he said he's to playing. Clarify to the end. Yeah, he he said he said essentially, "I'm playing for the I played for the coaching staff, not the club," and that. I think club first before anything else. If I, you're going to, be I, that, that. I do as well. But then, you said he clarified it, or well, he, no, he was asked to clarify, and he said the same thing. Oh, okay, same thing. Okay. So it was this certainly was not lost in translation. And, and then he said something about it, uh, whether he's going to be back in 2019. Yeah, yeah. he does. Well, that, that's the thing. None of these players really know. He does have a contract for one more year. Yeah, Kai Kamara has a contract for one more year. Yeah, I'd love to see both these guys back. And it might depend on who the, new the coach, coach is. And whether they can talk yeah. them into And on yeah. Sunday's show, we'll, we'll delve into coaching possibilities. Yeah. We, we won't go into that just now. But I, I've kind of thought about what Kendall said a little bit overnight. And he was obviously emotional. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. He hadn't been told much before that the guy that brought him to this country had been let go. Now, if you think about it as well, when he came here from Saprissa, he would have had no idea who Vancouver Whitecaps were. Yeah. Effie Juarez is possibly another. He might have known the Whitecaps, but guys like Juarez, guys like Waston, the reason they're here is because of Carl Robinson. Yeah. They warmed to him. They liked what he, he sold them. They liked him as a person. So I, I do kind of get, to one extent, 
that you are playing for the coach and you're here because of the coach, but the club still has to come first. Yeah, it does. That's what, I think that's the way it is. And if honestly, if there is any inkling that he, he's not happy here, he doesn't want to be here, then I wouldn't bring him back no, for next year. No, I would. Uh, whether even even if you're giving him away or selling him off for like a peanuts, you got to get. You can't have people coming in that don't want to be here. Especially with the new coach. Oh, yeah. Professional footballers move around all the time. And they know that coaches do the same. Yeah. You can't just be attached to a coach. I know lots of Martin Rennie's old players follow him everywhere, but that's because he seems to be the only one that wants to take them anywhere. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure Robbo will keep connections with these guys and try and bring them to whatever new new club he ends up going to. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk on Sunday as well about future directions for, for Robbo. But... The club has to come first. They're paying your wages. Yeah, he might not have known about the White Caps when he came here, but he's been here now for years. He loves the city. He knows the fans. He knows the club. The club should be his priority. I understand your friend going away, but if you listen to what Russell Tybert said, Russell Tybert came across more of a captain yeah. than what Kendall did and I love Kendall a bit I do too he's he, he's still I consider him one of my favourite players yeah. on the team but what Russell said was the right thing to say yeah. and it's like it's a business it's the nature of the business and the focus now has to be to playoffs and into next season well I think he's been through four coaches here at the White Cup yes. so he's, he's definitely not attached to anybody here I just thought he spoke very good and Kai Kamara as well Same he thing. kind of disagreed he said I respect what Kendall said but I'm the white caps is the important thing to me. Yeah. That for me that was good to hear. I know Zach will maybe have a different opinion and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on yeah. Sunday as well. But it was a shock for the players. They were told round about nine fifteen, nine twenty yesterday. So about forty five minutes before it got a public, yeah. yeah. In fact, not maybe twenty minutes. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, no. I, I got the press release at nine thirty six, yeah. so it, it was pretty soon after that. Robbo was told in the morning. Yeah. Um and then it's it's been a kind of whirlwind since that. So, I mean, the dust hasn't fully settled. This is why we didn't want to record yesterday. We wanted to kind of have overnight to digest it. And it was the, it was the right decision. Uh, the, there's no getting away from that. The timing's maybe questionable, but I think the timing is probably right. For me, I think this change, though, should have been made in April. Oh, really? Yeah, you did mention that. I, I thought it was too soon at that point. But it seems like the the whole thing changed. Uh, a lot of things changed during the, Voyage, the Voyagers Cup. Yeah. Um, when that whole assistant coach thing came up where the assistant coaches weren't going to be renewed. Yes, let's and, talk about that for a bit. Because it's not just Robbo that's gone. It's his whole management team. Stuart Kerr, the goalkeeping coach, and both assistants, Gordon Forrest and Martin Pert. I'm, now, I'm really sad to see Forrest and Robo go. No, well, those are the two that are signed till 2020. Pert and the Kerr are the ones that have their uh, contracts up to the yes. end of the year. Okay, so I that's my understanding anyway. So a lot of people in the media, the the mainstream media on the radio yesterday, were mentioning that um, this all happened before. The, I think it was before the first leg or the second leg, or uh, one of the two. So we'll clear this up maybe more on Sunday once we get more information. But they said that the the coach, the assistant coaches, sometime before that Voyagers Cup final, went to the front office and said, "What about next year? What about an extension?" They were told, and this, we're getting this from the obviously the radio. 
they were told that the the front office uh, the front office said that you have a year left on your con- you have the rest of the year left on your contract once the year is out we'll definitely talk about it and see what we're going to do at that point from what we what, what we were told what we heard yesterday the 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 he, Robbo obviously found out Robbo's going to find out obviously they're going to tell but the players found out too and it seemed like it unsettled everybody that that happened and then the second leg happened, and that's when it really came out before the second leg. Even on the in the media and everything like that, it was especially on TSN. Everybody was talking about it on the radio, on the TV, and after the game. And this was also, I think, it was reported in the province yesterday too, where there, um, uh, I think it was uh, Christian Jack asked Russell Tiber about the assistant coach, and then Russell Tiber did a proper answer. Everybody's fighting for their job. And after the game, Bobby Leonarduzzi apparently went down to the dressing room, asked to clear, wanted to clarify everything with everybody, but was told to get. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what was said, but he was essentially told to get lost by one of the assistants. Well, according to the province article, there was a an expletive in there as well. Yeah. So I mean, we're basing that part of the story on the province article. So yeah. we, we don't know that that part is true. Yeah. Well, this is what they're. And that's what's those, been reported. That's maybe. what those people have been told. Yeah. Now, we talked about the assistants not having their contracts renewed on the Sunday show before the second leg. So it was definitely out in the ether by then. It is unsettling, obviously, but I think it's understandable that you want to wait till the season's out. You're not going to renew coaching staff's contracts until you see how that coaching staff does. Yeah. I, I see no issue with that at all. We talked about Tyra getting asked a question after the second leg, and that was by Christian Jack. And Christian Jack has both written a piece and been on the Sakaris show on Tuesday night. And it's like, come on, man. It's ridiculous. The He's Robbo's friend. It's not an unbiased opinion that he's given. But what he's saying, it's, it's incredible hearing an actual journalist not have an impartial view like that and just be so one-sided. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's not like he's ripping the organisation either. He's doing it in a way where he's protecting Robbo. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think you can uh, stand up for Robbo without having to say the stuff he's said. And if you want to listen, you can listen to it. I don't think we should go into into detail of what he's what he said, but um, he's definitely he's definitely on one side. Yeah, so have, have a listen and have a read of that if you want. I'm sure there's going to be more stories come out. I've got a story to tell about the coaching stuff as well. Save that for Sunday's show as well. Oh, lots, that, of, oh, lots of teasers. Going on. <laughs> yeah, lots of teasers for Sunday's show. There is five games left. First one is this weekend, LA Galaxy. Craig Dalrymple's in charge. Zlatan is the guy that we're coming up against. Also, Ola Kamara, don't forget yeah, that as well. That's a two-prong effect. But like we said before, this is a Galaxy team that has given up I think somebody said they've given up more goals than the Whitecaps this year. Well, it's two horrendous is, defenses. Yeah, so there should be a lot, a bit, lot of goals going yeah. on. Yeah, and actually, before we get into that, let's, let me just bring you an interview. I, I had a chat with Stefan Marinovic at training on Wednesday as well. So we looked ahead to the LA game and just talked a little bit about defenses and, and how to handle Zlatan. So let's bring you that now. Uh, so, Stefan, obviously a, a lot of upheaval in the, the last couple of days. What's, what's the mood of the group just now going into this big game on Saturday? 
Um, I think we, you know, we had a little uh, team talk after we found the news, and uh, you know, we were we've still got a resolve to uh, fight for uh, fight for the playoff spot. So, uh, full concentration going into uh, LA. Now, I was just speaking to to Craig there, and we're talking about like the mindset of players, and he was saying, if I need to remind guys that they're playing for their contracts next year, then they shouldn't be out there. Is that kind of the feeling players know that? how important this is for the next couple of games of course uh, players have um, you know it's our job and uh, I'm not sure many people on guaranteed contracts uh, on the whole team and you know uh, you have to put your best foot forward uh, in a tough situation you find out a lot about players and uh, how they uh, how they perform when uh, when the chips are down so um, yeah it's, it'll be a telling time and everyone is aware of that now don't want to dwell too much on, on the defence but there was a couple of times on Saturday just like looking at your face you could see that you weren't happy out there with the stuff that was going on we've talked to you about it we've talked to other defenders what, what is it going to take to turn these little mistakes around and, and get the defence tight again um, that's, a, that's a difficult one it's been a, that's a question we've been uh, battling all, all year you know we just can't seem to put our Put our finger on it. It wasn't. It's not because of lack of uh, lack of trying or lack of uh, of, of will or uh, I don't know even lack of understanding. Everyone uh, there was always you know like an explanation to why we conceded and um, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult though to uh, to pinpoint on one thing exactly. So it's um, it's important that uh, coming into this week, uh, got a new coach, uh, new maybe a new. Uh, system or mindset, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, we'll then uh, have to try and implement it to our best of our ability and uh, try to keep Ibra in check. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you just about LA. They've got so many dangerous pieces. Apart from Ibra, they've got Kamara, they've got all those things. You can't focus, obviously, on just the one guy. Is that going to be the message? It's just like, go out, do your thing, and what he does, he does? I think that, that, was, the, that, that was the general message, uh, concentrate on how we play. And then, um, and then uh, try uh, contain someone like that. But uh, uh, not just their attacking players. You have to look at it as a team as a whole. I mean, they've been uh, probably as porous as us as us when it comes to conceding goals. So uh, we've got a, um, a very aggressive, very fast, uh, creative front front four. Um, whoever we put out there. Uh, so. Um, we hope to put their defence on, uh, on the back foot and um, uh, hopefully try to contain them up front. Now, just last thing, the two home losses were obviously big blows, but you're still just four points back at the playoffs. Five wins, four wins and a draw, maybe even four wins might be enough to get you through. Russell talked on Saturday or Sunday about the belief in the group is still huge. It's, you feel you can do this? Uh, it's still in our hands, yeah. Uh, that's that's the main message. It's, uh, it's not... Uh, it's not anyone else's apart from our own, and uh, you know uh, I think uh, Real's got one game on us. Yeah. So you know you win one one game and then you're within a point or whatever two points of them, and you win another they slip up. It's still everything to play for you. Uh, crazier things have happened in the MLS. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, Stephen. Okay. So Stefan Marinovic there talking about the big game of the Galaxy at the weekend. I'm still going to try and big it up as a big game. 
four wins, five wins, and I think we will be in the playoffs. It's going to be a big task. I, I don't think we're going to get four or five wins, but I mean, you have to think. Well, you're being optimist right now. Too. <laughs> I don't know. I've got. A, I feel revitalised by this move. No, really. I I want. I don't, think, I don't know if the end. players are though. though. I don't know. They should be. Okay. But yeah, I don't know if they are. But well, that's the thing. We don't know what players we're going to see either. Yeah. And Craig Dalrymple said he, he's not going to like try and reinvent the wheel. He's not going to make tons of changes. Yeah. But I think he will make changes. I wouldn't be surprised at a time like this. You want to rely on your senior guys. I could see Marcel de Jong coming back in the team for for one thing. He, he mentioned on Tuesday there has to be some changes though because clearly something's not working. And for me, I would have a look at tweaking the defence. I'd bring Jose Aha back to, to partner Kendall Waston, personally, because I like that partnership. And, you, and Aaron Mond's Ar- not ready Aaron to... Mond is not ready to go yet, otherwise I would have brought Aaron Mond in instead of Aha. And looking back on it, it looked like it was uh, Daniel Henry's fault on that second goal. Yeah. He, he just released on Matt Hedges. And I, I don't know if I would make too many more changes. No. There, it's maybe some doubt, though, about Christian Teixeira, because that knock I, don't he know, took. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how recovered he is from that fall. He did play the second half, but we talked about it on the show. He wasn't the same. No. So, I mean, he might not make it. So then you're looking at who might come in. Jordan Much seems a, a, obviously a an option. But I don't know if he can play the wing, though. Well, we've, we have seen him out in the Yeah, wing. a little bit here and there. Nicholas Mosquera could be another guy that, that would play out the wing. Now, one guy that, that could be an ideal person to, to play a, a wing role if he was fully fit would have been Marvin Emnes. Will we even see Marvin Emnes before the season's out? I, I hope so. He's taken part in scrimmages now at training. And you, he hasn't played a game since, what? Tw- uh, 25th of December 2017. Okay, so it's been quite a while. According to transfer market. Yeah. Definitely December 2017. He got an injury and then hasn't played since then. So yeah. he has to get up to, to match fitness. When I saw him play for Swansea and Middlesbrough, I remember him being a kind of explosive player. Yeah. That could be what we need right now. It's maybe a big ass to suddenly throw him in to be a starter, but he could be a guy that could come off the bench. And I actually did get a chance to, to speak to Marvin at training on Wednesday, so let's bring you that now. So, Marvin, haven't had a, a chance to talk to you since you, you came here to Vancouver, but you've been here a few weeks now. How have you, you found everything so far in the city? Um, I mean, when I first arrived, uh, it was pretty hard because uh, I was trying to get used to a lot of stuff in here and the time difference was playing up as well. It's still playing up, I would say. But, yeah, it's getting there slowly and... I managed to find my way somehow. Now, obviously you were brought here by Carol Robinson and you've been around football long enough to know that management changes happen, but how unsettling is it for a player like yourself that you've just come to the club and then the manager has already gone? I mean, um, it happens to me before when I just moved to Swansea. Um, I had uh, Laudrup as a manager. I just met him on the day and after the session he just got so it's not like something new to me but I mean like it's in a different country different kind of thing so um, I just take it as it comes now you you're obviously getting back up to match fitness and you, it's, you haven't played since December is that is that right 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so you're getting up to match fitness now. How, how, how are you feeling? Are you, you feeling that you're pretty much good to go now? Um, I'm feeling nice. I'm feeling good. I mean, uh, to get fair is by playing games. Um, you can train as much as you want. You can run as much as you want. But for, for me personally, to get fitter is just to play games. I, w I wouldn't say like I've got to play 90 minutes or anything like that. But just to just just to play games and feel the difference that makes me fitter. Now you've had a chance to watch some MLS games the last couple of weeks since you've been here. What, what have you found of the standard of play? Is it is it higher than you were expecting? I wasn't expecting anything. I mean, I never saw. Uh, matches from the MLS so when I got a chance to see it I was quite impressed I mean uh, there's some good football out there there's like um, some good teams as well that likes to play football and the physically uh, physical side of that is uh, quite intense as well I, I know you kind of talked a little bit about this when you first came here but what was behind your decision to, to come to MLS at this time? Um, I just wanted to try something different like I've been in the UK for so long I've tried Turkey and um, obviously uh, Kyle Kamara is playing here. I played with him at Middlesbrough and then uh, I spoke to him about it as well and he told me about it so it felt good to just come here and try and see how that goes. And I, I remember you from your time at Middlesbrough and, and at Swansea and you're always known as an explosive player, you've got that burst of speed, you've got that skill in the wing. But when fans do get a chance to see you playing, what, what can they expect from you on the pitch? What they can expect is for me to try my best and try and help the team. If there is life with actions uh, or goals or assists, anything that makes us win, that will be good. Obviously, you've come here. We know the club's got an uh, option on you next year as well. Long-term future, do you see this as a chance to kind of kick-start your career? Would you like to be here long-term? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I've been here for the last couple of weeks now. Uh, I've seen how it goes uh, apart from football the lifestyle here is good as well uh, I think that's something that my family would like and myself so if I get a chance to just like um, stay longer um, we will see how that goes I mean I'm going to be here to the end of the season and from there we just make some decisions okay, Thank you so much for your time and look forward to seeing you in the pitch no, thank you. Thanks Martin no problem. Thanks So Marvin Emin is there now saying that he he feels he's good to go and he needs maybe to get match fitness, but he feels he's only going to get match fitness by playing in games. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at least come off the bench down the stretch anyway. Yeah. We've got a game against KC where it's right in the middle of the international window. So there could be players away for that. So that might be a, an ideal chance for him to, to get some minutes. He said himself he's not talking about playing the full 90, just getting his feet. So, who knows, but it's going to be interesting who Craig Dalrymple sees as the, the players to, to take him through these next five weeks. And as I asked him, as we heard earlier in the show, I'd have loved the young guys to get a chance. Yeah, but like I, we, I, think, I think I mentioned that. Yeah, I, I don't we think don't have anyone that, that can play. I, I didn't know that Michael Baldissimo wasn't eligible to play, despite being on the roster. He's, so similar, that's, he's similar to Theo Bear. Yeah, well, Theo doesn't officially join to next year, so yeah. I mean, that that's disappointing. But one thing I will say from training on Wednesday, I talked about this in the show before. Robbo and his team 
kept all these young guys separate and they had the scrimmages and a lot of the time these guys were just doing their own things on the other side of the pitch. Craig Dalrymple fully integrated them. Theo Bear, Michael Baldissimo, Patrick Metcalf, who's back training with the team just now, they were all playing these scrimmages with the first team starters. And to me, that's how these guys learn. That's how they develop. Theo Bear playing beside Kai Kamara. That is how Theo is going to grow for next season. So already I like what Craig has, has done. He's freshened things up. And I, I think we he might not change loads, but I think we will see Craig freshen things up for, for the run-in. Yeah. So I guess just before we, we wind this up, what are you expecting from the LA game? Expect them. I don't know. It all depends on what the lineup is. I, it's hard for me to say. Usually in the past, when you don't expect very much from a team, this team, they always bounce back and show something. Uh, they got to play for their like, like we said, their own. Like obviously, some of these guys have contracts. Some of these guys don't. They got to play for their. If they want to be in Vancouver next year, they got to show up and, and act like professionals. And and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I think they 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 could come up with a win, but they could also get blasted too. It's it's impossible to predict. I would definitely would not put any money on this game. Well, we've seen it a lot with other teams that there's a coaching change and there's an immediate spur. Partly because the guys are doing it for the, the former gaffer. Yeah. Although as Craig Dalrymple said on Tuesday, he doesn't like getting called the gaffer. It doesn't seem we like it. we may have to change our theme song. Okay. I don't I don't know how I should have asked him that today actually if he's okay with that. Hmm. That's a puzzle. Anyway, we'll work on that. But I, I, I can't see them doing it. I think LA have just found this spark all of a sudden from nowhere. And I think 3-0 or 3-1 for LA is my prediction. Yeah, their spark comes up, but it also goes away really fast too. It's, yeah, it's, they do, they've they had do it like one of those years. And, yeah. Yeah. So but we'll see what happens. We'll be back on Sunday. And I think we'll probably go into further detail with the Robo stuff too. Uh, almost a retro. I... I I honestly expect you and Zach to talk about it for about three parts. If I'm, not, you can't. It's probably going to happen, right? Yeah, but we'll delve into it a lot more. We'll look, as I said, about what the future may hold in store for Robbo. We'll reach out to him as well. Who knows? He might want to have a little chat with us. Yeah, probably not. Though. No, but we will reach out to him. We'll, we'll also talk about possible coaching candidates as well beyond Mark DeSantis. Yeah. And we'll we'll tell you an interesting story about something that went on between AFTN and the, the coaching staff this year. But that's for Sunday's show. So just before we wrap up, just let everyone know where they can find you online, Steve. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, Instagram at AFTN Soccer, Facebook at AFTN Canada, and read our stuff on AFTN.ca. There's also a few articles up on MLS Soccer from me this week as well, so check those out. So thank you for listening to this special impromptu episode 301. We'll be back with 302 on Sunday. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And Mon de Santos. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy... Marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?